Hello and welcome to Behind the Sounds. Uh, I'm your host, Leah, as always. I'm here today with winner of The Voice, um, brand new EP, Love Out of Time Out Now, Jake Hoot. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry it's, you know, it's been a crazy day, but I'm excited to be here. So thank you so much for having us. You are so welcome. As we, as we were just saying, you know, it's it's really nice to be busy. It's nice to have things on after a really crazy year. You seem like you are everywhere at the moment. How are things? Oh, they're so good. You know, it's it's God's been very, very good and very generous to me. And so to go from winning the voice and being like way up here, you know, and, and being booked everywhere and traveling everywhere. And then COVID kind of, you know, put the wah, wah, wah on that. And so it was like hitting that wall and trying to kind of revalue and try to redirect everything I was doing and stay engaged with fans, even though I couldn't go out in person. Um, but here lately that, you know, things are starting to open back up, thank goodness, here in the States. And um, it's been it's been very good. And we've played a couple a couple shows, which have been really good. But I'm ready for everything to get back to normal. So no matter what, you know, we're having a good time, but I'm ready for for all the shows to be happening again. Yeah, me too. Can't wait. And just have to say as well, on a personal note, congratulations, because you just got married as well. So like things to do in quarantine, big tick. You know, that's right. Well, I was, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, you know, what a better time to start dating somebody than in quarantine, because mm-hmm. you know, you're you're stuck together all the time. And, you know, we would we would go on walks out, you know, and it would just be us. And we were sitting here and we'd have all those hard conversations that when you're busy that you just don't have. And so um, we started dating and got married all within, you know, a year of each other. So I'm, I'm very blessed. Amazing. Well, as I said, congratulations. Um, I want to I wanna kind of flip back because you've achieved so much kind of in the last few years. But I'm, I'm so intrigued because you you born in Texas and obviously you lived in the Dominican Republic as, as a child. So obviously country is a massive musical influence to you, but you must have so many musical influences kind of growing up and traveling a lot. So when you look back, what can you kind of see were the main ones in your life? Um, I think first and foremost were my parents. I mean, they were, you know, dad never sang on stage, but he was always singing around the house and he would always, he's the kind of dad that would take some famous song and change it to funny lyrics while he was singing it. So I kind of got exposed to, you know, almost songwriting in an essence, you know, at an early age. And then mom, you know, she played piano in like a little singing group she had at her church and um, she could sing harmony. And so, you know, I kind of, I kind of, between those two, that was a huge influence in my life. Um, but we weren't actually allowed to listen to country music growing up, but we could listen to people like, you know, Kenny Loggins or Jimmy Buffett or John Denver and James Taylor. And so I kind of got introduced to that Americana folk, you know, kind of music mm-hmm. slash Caribbean with the Jimmy Buffett. But uh, I always loved country and I loved that folkish, you know, storytelling kind of music. And so those were probably my big ones. And of course, when I got older, I started listening to the Eagles and they became my favorite band. So that's probably my biggest influence. Yeah, nice. And then was there a point where you were like, right, okay, this is this is what I want to do. This is, do you look back and think there was a certain moment in your life where you were like, I want to sing, I want to write songs. This is going to be the journey. Um, I think back in college is when I really got the bug to do it. But um like so many other people, I lacked the confidence and that was a big struggle for me. And, um, you know, 
with a lot of issues with myself, with performing, with whether I was good or not, whether my songs were good or not. I struggled with that for years. And even though I had people around me telling me, oh my God, you're great. Oh my God, you need to do this as a living. Oh my God, you did it. You know, when you lack that confidence, you can almost convince yourself, oh, they're all just being nice. They're not being true. You know, they're not being, you know, telling you the truth. And so it was after the voice, after I ended up winning the voice that I was like, holy crap, I think I can actually do this as a full-time thing. So Mm -hmm. it took me a little bit, you know, longer than it should have, but, but, you know, I got to that point, you know, finally, and it's been to, to step away from a normal eight to five job and pursue music when, you know, your schedule and everything is like this income and everything is just kind of like that, but it's been so much fun and I can't wait to see what the future brings. Amazing. And it's obviously paid off, you know, as you said, winning the voice. What do you think led you, because obviously you said lack of confidence and, and to go on the voice, which is obviously one of the biggest shows in the States um, and here, how do you kind of pluck up that courage to do that and think, you know, I, I can do this. And then obviously when you're there, do you, do you kind of have that feeling like, okay, yeah, I think I can really do it and actually win the thing. How do you get to that point from kind of having no confidence and then being like, right, I've just got to do it. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, uh, baby steps, you know, I think it's um, I, I joke and tell people all the time because they're like, you look so calm while people are looking nervous. You look so calm and so relaxed. And I tell him, I said, I think either the cameraman was shaking with me to keep me looking like I was steady or, you know, whatever stage I was on was helping mask it or something. I don't know, but I was nervous every time I took the stage. I was, I was shaking and I was you know, just very anxious about it. Um, and I think it was towards the end that I finally started getting out of my nervousness, but I actually, t- I tell people this all the time. I had my bag packed every week. And, you know, I mean, I was, I was convinced this is the week I'm going home. You know, there's incredible people on this show, incredible vocalists, incredible musicians. I don't know that I necessarily can live up to that. And so, you know, even up until the end, I, I, I'd never got to a place where I thought I would win it. I always doubted myself and I was just like, oh, anybody else but me is going to win this thing. And so to actually win it and to have the confidence of everybody around me, including like Kelly Clarkson and Blake Shelton, some of those you know, massive legends um, was really helpful as well. And so I still, I, I mean, you know, if you struggle with confidence, whoever's watching or listening to this, it's not something that you just turn off, you know, it's something that's a daily struggle that you got to battle with. But um, that definitely was a huge boost in my confidence. And so I've, I'm, you know, having a great time doing it. Yeah. And it, it's such a, that's what I love about the voice is there is, such a kind of niche to it where you are with one particular coach and as you said Kelly and obviously Blake as well helped as Kelly was your your only turn which obviously paid off in the end um what does it kind of mean to for what for a competition show having someone obviously of her kind of legendary status but just having someone with that much knowledge to kind of believe in you obviously she said it increases your confidence but did it make the journey a whole lot easier Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, each coach, I think on my season had 12 spots per team, you know, so you got all these thousands and thousands of people narrowed down to 48, you know, four teams of 12. And for one person, even just even though it was just one for one person to go, hey, I'm going to take a chance on this guy to fill one of those spots um, was unreal. And throughout the whole journey, you know, you don't get to talk to your coaches as much as you would hope to, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts that go on, 
But I will say every time I was with her, she is a huge encourager. She is a huge, Hey, you're doing a great job. Hey, you're, you're, you know, you're doing this right, this and this, here's some things that I would, I would advise, you know, to help. But um, it, it definitely meant the world and it definitely helped a lot with my yeah, amazing. And it was it was a really competitive season, uh, as you know, obviously, and some incredible, incredible acts, as there are every year. Um, when looking back, obviously, you got to duet with Kelly and Little Big Town and, and some amazing, amazing performances with the, with the other contestants as well. Is there a performance you look back on that, that changed things for you or that you kind of look back on as a favourite of yours? Because obviously, as you just said, you know, the Eagles, you, you sang those. Is, is there anything you look back and you think that was a game changer? Oh, yeah. I think um, for me, getting to sing with Little Big Town was a dream come true. I loved performing that song. Singing with Kelly, the winter song that we did, um, which that whole, how that whole thing came about was incredible. But that was probably my most memorable performance because that's one of my all-time favorite songs. And when I had brought it, we, I had actually brought up Whiskey Lullaby, which is a Brad Paisley, Allison Krauss song. And Kelly goes, what do you want to sing? And so I said, Whiskey Lullaby. And she goes, well, it has to be a Christmas song. And so I said, oh, winter song, no brainer. She goes, what is that? And I said, oh my gosh, you have to look it up. The vocal coach who has trained every vocalist on there has coached them every season since it began. She had never heard it and nobody in the band had heard it and the band has played everything. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was my most memorable one because we were able to take something that I personally loved and I'd listened to for a long time and it was able to turn into one of our most listened to performances on there. And the whole production, I'm like a little kid on there. So all that foam that looked like snow that was falling down. I was giddy. I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. You know, and so, uh, but that was probably my most memorable for performance. Yeah, and if I'm correct, it broke records, did it not, with kind of the most it downloaded uh, coached contestant duet ever, wasn't it? So amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was it was unreal, you know, and I think, you know, that goes back to one thing, it wasn't your typical country song. You know, and, and the second thing is the arrangement that we kind of followed was an arrangement by the tenors who are, who are a Canadian trio of opera singers in, in Canada. And that arrangement is just so beautiful. And not a whole lot of people had heard it in the realm and the country, you know, kind of the niche that I had. And so when everybody heard it, it was almost like hearing a brand new song. So it kind of caught everybody off guard and it, it just turned out beautifully. Yeah, it really, really was. And so that was December 2019, which is mad because it kind of seems like it was this December just gone. <laughs> and then you kind of have, what, three months in this, I suppose, a little bubble almost, and then kind of COVID hit. So what were your expectations, if you had any, for your first year? And then how did that change as you went? Did, did you have like a tour planned? What, what Were there plans that got cancelled, I suppose? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, we were, um, I mean, immediately after The Voice, we were getting called, you know, anywhere and everywhere. I was flying, you know, multiple times a week to different places and singing and performing and interviews and TV and all this other kind of stuff. And it was amazing. Um, and the rest of the year was looking unbelievable. And then, of course, COVID hit. But I will say I was so I was almost lost, you know, because I was working as a salesperson at a radio station leading up to The Voice. During The Voice, I would come back on our breaks and I would work at the radio station and then go back to The Voice. And um, coming off of The Voice, I still worked there for a month or two afterwards. And 
I think for me, it was just, it was very scary and I had to get my feet underneath me and I didn't realize how much of the world would stop and for how long, but, um, I did need to kind of surround myself with more people in order to kind of do what we were doing. But, you know, the beauty of that is a lot of stuff that canceled and everything from last year are starting to rebook this coming year. So it's, you know, a lot of it's coming back, which, you know, thank God for that. I'm just ready to, to hit the road again. Yeah, and I'm sure you have a lot of fans waiting to uh, to see you um, because they haven't had the chance yet, you know. Um, but you've, as we kind of said, you have been productive <laughs> through lockdown and through quarantine. You've done a lot. Um, obviously, you had quite a few singles out over, over the year and then, of course, your EP. So how does it go? I'm what was your experience kind of before with recording? Did you have any, was it a kind of brand new thing to, to do it in the first place? And then obviously to do it in, in a pandemic, how did that kind of work for you? Um, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a learning curve, you know, and I think I, I'm still learning a lot of that, that world. Um, I had done some recording prior to the voice. I had, I, I, I used to come up and sing background vocals on, on a couple different, you know, minor projects for people but to do it at the level that I did it on the voice and then after the voice, you know, that was all brand new to me. And so it was, it, it was a learning experience having to do it during the pandemic where you couldn't get near anybody. If, you know, you had, you had to have so many people in the same room and they all had to be, you know, so far apart from each other. And it was just, it was, it was difficult. There was a learning curve, but we were able to make some really cool music throughout it. And I think you're going to see over the next couple of years, a bunch of people who wrote music during quarantine and about quarantine that they're all going to release before too long, all the music that was made when they couldn't get on the road. So I'm excited to hear that, but it was a learning curve. But I mean, you know, that's, that's the beauty about this business is you never fully get it. You're always learning different things. So I'm excited to, to learn more as time goes on. Yeah. And did you record predominantly in Nashville or were you kind of, everywhere because obviously that's where you live now and but was it predominantly you stayed in one place to record because obviously sometimes you, you get to travel but I suppose you didn't have that luxury yeah no I mean uh everything was recorded in Nashville uh I had recorded a couple songs before the EP I recorded a couple singles and some of that one was that was done at somebody's house another one was done at somebody else's recording studio and then most of it like for the EP was recorded you know the, the band and the tracks and everything recorded at a really nice studio. And then we did vocals at, at the producer's house. But so you just had to find those little pockets of places that you could go record. But um, yeah, it was definitely very different. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And let's talk about the EP. It, it's so good. So it came out in January, end of Jan, and you've had the most incredible kind of feedback from it. It's obviously done really well on the charts and just kind of hearing about it. Everything you hear is so great. And like from a personal perspective, it, it's got such a classic kind of real country side to it, which, you know, we kind of hear nowadays, but it, it's always nice to, to have an EP full of it. So did you have an intention for what you wanted to get out of it? Or was it just you found these songs and they felt like the right ones to put out? Or was there kind of a theme to it? Um, I, I think what I expected was I, I just wanted, you know, because you hear about a lot of artists that come off American Idol or come off The Voice that just kind of disappear and you don't really hear anything else from them. And so I didn't want to be that that kind of an artist and nothing, nothing bad about those artists a lot of times they sign deals that they kind of get shelved or they just don't have the backing that they need and so um 
my expectations with, with this was I wanted, I wanted people to see that, you know, I wanted people to hear what we had been working on and the things that I had, you know, I had helped write. Um, and I also wanted people that are sitting at home that can't go to concerts that can't, you know, get out and do stuff. I wanted them to also have music too, you know, cause I mean, that was, that's kind of our job as entertainers is, you know, if people are your fans, if people count on you, if people support you, you want to be able to engage and give back. And so, you know, another reason was, Hey, you know, I know it's, we're not going to be able to get out and tour and play all these shows, you know, all these songs live to kind of build the momentum behind them, but at least we can give it to people now where they're not having to get out. And so that was really special. And of course, you know, all the songs, including, you know, La Bamba on there, which is uh, one of my all-time favorite songs that I didn't write on the album, but all those songs mean something to me. And so I think if there was a thing, that was probably the biggest thing is that they all meant a different time in my life. And so it was really special. Yeah. And as I said, it's such a great EP. And um, I, I want to kind of dive into the individual songs, if that's okay. Uh, because as I said, we're, we're songwriters podcast. Um, talk about La Barba, the one you didn't write. And I find it really hard to say it without singing it. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know if you do. Um, you obviously recorded it with Ricky, who was on your season of The Voice. Um, can you tell us a little bit about why you cho chose to kind of cover that song? Um, you know, growing up in the Dominican, we thought we were cool because we could speak Spanish and we could sing in Spanish and stuff. And like I said, I didn't get to listen to a whole lot of music growing up. And so when I moved back to go to college um, to the States, I was, you know, I was very caught off guard that this song had been a big song since the fifties. You know, I'm like, Oh my God, I thought I was, you know, cool. Cause I could sing it, but apparently it's a massive song. So, um, so I'd always played it on my shows. It always caught people off guard, this big country guy getting up there in, you know, a flannel shirt and jeans and boots playing a song in Spanish. And when I was on The Voice, I tried to sing it. And the music director was just like, that's maybe a little too far out of the box, you know, so maybe pick something else. And so I'm the kind of person that I'm like, if I can't, if you tell me I can't do it, I'm going to do it somehow. Mm -hmm. And so whenever we sat down to do the EP, I just told him, I said, I don't care what else is on it. I'm playing La Bamba. So we're going to put that on there and make it modern sounding but also put a country twist to it yeah and was there an intention to have someone else on it or was it just because you kind of you had Ricky and, and you wanted to do a duet with him and it's a really full circle that obviously you guys got to do that together but how did it come about that he was going to play on it with you yeah no I mean I absolutely whenever we sat down and talked about it I had, I had told my team I said I want Ricky playing guitar on it I think Ricky one Ricky is one of the best guitar players I've ever heard and two, you know, I wanted to kind of make it a voice kind of family thing. So having Ricky come play on it and sing background. And then, you know, in the music video, you get to see other faces that were from my season. So I sent out this massive message to everybody. I said, I know it's COVID. I know it's, you know, a lot of y'all don't live in Nashville, but I want to extend this invitation that if you want to come out and sing on this thing, I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be a part of music video. And so a lot of people came, I mean, some people came from Georgia, some people came from just right down the road. Um, and so it was really special to have a lot of my people from that be a part of it. Yeah, it's so yeah. full cycle. And you don't often get that for, you know, people even keeping in touch from, from shows. So it was really nice to kind of, and I'm sure for fans as well, to see that. Um, and it, again, you just don't expect it, which I think is what is so great. It, it's so unexpected, but so good. Um, and as I said, I can't say it without wanting to sing it, so <laughs> I won't. <laughs> um, and then let's kind of go top, top to bottom then. So this is the night, was is the kind of start of the, the EP. 
can you tell us a little bit of a backstory about about that song? Yeah, so that song we had we had we had four of the five songs picked out, and we looked at the album. We said, okay, so you've got La Bamba, this you know this cover of this old tune. You have Love Out of Time, which is a a sad song. You had you know something we can slow dance to, which is kind of that slow dance honky tonk song. Um, and so we were looking for another song to kind of fit a different puzzle piece in, right? And so we were like, well, we don't have that party song that, you know, you want to listen to while you're driving down the road during the summer with your windows down or sitting out on a boat on a lake somewhere. And so we, we sat down, Danny Myrick, who produced it, he and I and um, Kylie Sackley, we all sat down and, and we decided to write this as a night. And so we put a lot of 80s references to the, you know, different songs that are in the chorus. And so... Uh, it just turned out really fun, you know, and it's it's not usually my style to sing that kind of a song, but that fit so well with what we were wanting to do. And so it's one of our favorite songs to play live. Yeah, and I, it's going to be the the one that people are going to look forward to hearing too, I'm sure, because it's, it, as you said, it's got that vibe to it. And I love that it's how the EP starts as well. Um, you, you spoke a little bit then, you know, something we can slow down to, I think is, is probably if I had to pick probably my favorite on the EP and um, really kind of dr drawn to it again what's the kind of backstory uh, you know I love that you used a honky-tonk reference because it's so where you picture it when you then you think of it and, and you visualize it so what what was the kind of story of that um just that you know we that was another one that um that we sat down and, and Danny who co-wrote the song before also helped co-write that song and I had told him, I said, I have this idea of, you know, I want to sing a song that you can, that you can slow dance to. I want to, you know, I want to be that song that we dance to. And the beauty about songwriting is you bring this idea and between you and the other writers, y'all mold it into something that either is exactly what you were looking for, or it takes on a whole new, new name, a whole new whatever. And so that's the way that one was. And we, we, we tossed it around, we reshaped it, molded it. And it turned into something we can slow dance to. And it was just, I mean, it's just that fun feel. And if you listen to it, uh, I tell them, I'm a, I'm a huge movie nerd, by the way. I love movies. I love cartoons. I love whatever. And at the very end, it's almost sound, the piano place, if you hear it when it goes back in the course, it almost sounds like a Beauty and the Beast, the intro to Beauty and the Beast. If you listen to it, we didn't rip it off. Micro piano <laughs> on it. We didn't rip it off. But I was listening when I was sitting there. I was like, maybe it's because I have a five-year-old daughter. I'm I've watched Beauty and the Beast way too many times. I'm like, oh my God, Beast in a Hong Kong song. So. I mean, you know, Disney fans, country fans. It's a perfect there you go. combination. This is a perfect <laughs> place to meld together. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And as I said, yeah, it's going to be. That is one that I can imagine kind of going to, you know, a bar on Broadway and someone covering and people slow dancing to it. So it is the perfect song to, to do that. Um, and then we, of course, have the title track, which if you haven't heard it, I think you kind of almost have to emotionally prepare yourself for it <laughs> um, because it really does hit you um, with, with, you know, it, with such grace and in such a good way. Um, I know you've spoken about, about this song a little bit um, on, on other interviews and things, but just a little bit of, of a story behind that, I suppose. Yeah. So, you know, life is all about the right timing. You know, you can you can have the right job at the wrong time in your life and completely blow it. You could have, you know, 
you could have the right person at the wrong time in your life and it not work out. And so I had, I had just come out of a divorce and was my lowest point in life was, you know, just brokenhearted down, you know, trying to keep up appearances for my daughter because she was two at the time and I was trying to take care of her and go through life and kind of started coming out of it, met this girl, you know, you know, had a massive crush on her. We tried to date. It wasn't the right time. She was in a different season of her life. I was still trying to heal from all my things, you know, and not bring that into a relationship. And so we kind of went our separate ways again and then came back, you know, two years later and it was the right time. And I ended up marrying the girl. And so it, that song, I, I, I talked about a love, not that ran out of time, but a love that was just misplaced in time. And so I took that to my buddy, Dave Pahanish, and I said, I've got this idea. I've got this, this melody. I've got these words. I want to make this just something that people can relate to, you know, that are going through it at that time. So we, we sat down and wrote it. And, it, and when we were talking about title track, I said, that's got to be the title track just because it turned out so beautifully the way we produced it and recorded it. Yeah, for sure. And it's even kind of very fitting, even with the, you know, the, artwork for the EP it just all kind of really wraps up and I think even from a COVID perspective you know the fact that everything you know is about timing and you have had to delay things I suppose and obviously it's worked out for you and so I I love that you've chosen that as as the title track and it's as I said you know emotionally prepare yourself (laughs) to relate to it (laughs) of course and um, then of course the duet the, the duet um, with with Kelly Clarkson, I would have loved you. Again, such a beautiful track. Um, you know, you've got this kind of big country voice and it's amazing. And then she's got this stellar voice too. So it's kind of a match made in heaven. And obviously you've duetted before. Um, was it planned to have a duet with her or was it about the song? Um. So when I came off the voice, she had told me, she said, I really want to work with you, whether we record together, whether we do a show together, whatever it is, I want to work with you. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people make promises in this business. And so I never really get my hopes up. I mean, no offense to anybody, but I just don't. Cause I mean, there's a lot of people that mean well, that just don't follow through. And so uh, when we wrote the song, I wrote it with Jamie Floyd and Dean Sam. And when, as soon as we got done, I mean, as soon as we, put the pen down as soon as we stopped typing on the computer the lyrics I said this is a duet song and I said Kelly would be perfect for this and you know I think the general sentiment was oh that's a great idea but I mean come on it's Kelly Clarkson you know if she if you really going to do it so I sent it to her and crickets you know I didn't hear anything back and then uh, a couple months later I, I reached out to her and I said hey I really got some questions for you because at the time I was trying to navigate COVID while also trying to do the business side of the music industry while also trying to stay engaged. And so she got on a call, call with me and I said, hey, I sent you a song and I just wondered, you know, did you like it? Like, is that something you would sing on? Or, I mean, is that, would you consider singing even some other song? She goes, oh, I never got it. Send it back to me. So I sent it to her and she called me right back. She said, I'm in, let's do it. I want to shout this from the rooftops. And so, and it was actually her idea to record the music video as well. And so the whole thing just came together more perfectly than I could have ever imagined. Yeah, and I suppose it's one of them that you've actually kind of been able to perform because you got to perform it on her show last week. And and I think it's it's credit to obviously yourself for, for being so great, but to her as well for keeping, you know, that relationship and her promise, I suppose. Um, Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, and the thing is, is it's so refreshing 
as an artist, much less somebody who's not in the business, to hear those stories of, of artists that keep their word and that, you know, generally are genuinely good people. And she really is. And so, you know, for anybody watching or listening, like Kelly Clarkson is actually one of the most genuine people you ever meet. She's just very sweet. She's always looking to help. And so, yeah, that, that definitely, you know, is one of my, my, my favorite moments from that whole thing. Yeah. And how was it performing on her show? Was there pressure? Uh, I think there was, but Kelly is such a cut up and so am I that we just have a good time anytime we're on stage. When we record the music video, there's a blooper video somewhere where we couldn't quit laughing during the last part of that song. We just kept dying laughing because when you record a music video, you they have to speed up the track so it looks cool because it looks like you're moving in slow motion, but you're actually just, you know, singing really fast. And so we, we had a good time. But when I was on her show, um, there was a little bit of pressure because we were, I mean, I haven't sang with her since the voice, you know, so that was over a year ago. And um, that was our first performance of the song live. And we probably, you know, warmed up a few times through the song before we were finally ready to do it. But, uh, but yeah, I'm so grateful that she had me out there to sing. And, you know, people have been so kind about the response after listening to it. Yeah. And as I said, it, it's a brilliant, it, I feel like it was kind of inevitable that it was going to happen at some point, but it, it's such a great track and to obviously have it on your, on your debut EP as well. It was amazing. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Of course. And so you, you kind of mentioned, you know, everyone's kind of writing songs and things because you can't do much else during quarantine. So is there a lot more to come? Is this EP kind of the best and you've got a lot more ready for us? Have you been writing a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the kind of person that and if you've been watching me, I kind of fidget around a lot when I'm sitting. I can't sit still. And so um, when I have felt that, you know, obviously COVID has sucked because I can't get out and do, you know, do shows and stuff. And even though we've been able to do some here lately, um, I have found other ways to stay busy and writing is one of those. And I have been so blessed in so many ways to get to write with so many people incredible writers that are very well-known writers and so uh, I actually just wrote a song yesterday that I'll, I'll tell you it's called Lipstick On and we're I mean we're really, we're really excited about that one but I mean there's just so many songs that we've created that I really can't wait and for us to start recording it and you know I was, I've been telling people hopefully the end of this year beginning of next year we'll have something put together um, of corn, quarantine songs you know the songs that we wrote during all this that we wrote over Zoom and you know, whatever other FaceTime and all this other kind of stuff. But um, definitely there's there's a lot more music out there that will be coming before too long. Amazing. I'm really looking forward to hearing it. And I'm sure you have a lot of people out there who are really looking forward to, to seeing you live. Um, there is one place you have, you've played that I, I do want to talk about because I know as someone who wants to be a country artist, it is kind of the biggest deal. And that is the Opry. Um, you've gotten to play there a few times now. Just... I, I mean, I stood on that stage as like a tour pass and I, oh. that was living the dream, you know. What's it like to sing on that stage? It is unlike anything else you could ever do. And I mean, I'm, I know you said, you know, it's a dream just to stand it in. Um, that's the one stage that I said I, I, I didn't care where else I played as long as I got to play the Opry. And every time I got to play it, it just gets sweeter and sweeter. And, you know, the end goal is obviously to become an Opry member at some point in my life. But um, they've just been so gracious to me and to allow me to come out there and tell my story and play in that circle. 
there's just nothing like it. And that's, that's really the only stage that I get super nervous to play on. Like I get very nervous every time I'm backstage and I'm like, Oh God, here we go. You know, I'm going to, I don't want to mess up anything in this circle that so many legends have stood in, but it's such a special place. And if people haven't been there, y'all need to go watch a show there and take the tour and get to stand in the circle. Yeah, it's really <laughs> a dream come true for anyone just to just to stand in it, let alone perform in it. <laughs> um, so yeah, and you know, if you ever do become a member, I'll have an invite to the induction. Heck yeah, you know you <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Um, so we're going to wrap things up a little bit. It's amazing how, how quickly time, time flies. Um, but as I said, I do have three questions and I ask everyone the same three questions. Um, and okay. I just, I feel like they, you learn a lot about people with them. <laughs> um, so my first question for you is, can you name three songs that you wish you'd have written? I'm sure there's more than three, but. <laughs> um, La Bamba is easily one that I wish I written, but that was, you know, 30 some odd years before I was born. Um, I would say Jason Isbell's Cover Me Up is another one that I wish I had written. And then, shoot, what's another one? Uh, I would say probably uh, Brand New Man by Brooks and Dunn. Those are, those are probably three of my favorite songs that, you know, you think of country music. and I mean, especially Brand New Man, that's like a staple, so... Yeah, definitely. And the, the newer version as well, obviously. And, and I love that they've reinvented it for Absolutely. kind of new country fans. It's so great. Um, and then three albums that, that you couldn't live without. Um, the Hotel California album by the Eagles. And I feel like I'm going to cheat because I listen to like, because of Apple Music, it's spoiled me. So I can listen to all the greatest hits albums, you know. And so uh, Blackhawk is a, an old country group uh, back in, I think, the 80s or 90s. Um, and their greatest hits album has songs like Goodbye Says It All and um, Not Strong Enough to Say No. And that, that album is one of my all-time favorite albums to listen to. And then uh, for the people who are Coulter Wall fans, and not a lot of people I feel like that I talk to know who Coulter Wall is, um, but he came out with a uh, self-titled album that's just called Coulter Wall, and it's got a lot of incredible songs Kate McCann Transcendent Rambling Man um and so those are probably my three top albums that I just have to have amazing well we'll definitely know the name now we'll write that down there you go <laughs> um and then I'm sure you're going to get the opportunity to to work with a lot of lot of people um and I'm sure you already have but can you can you name three kind of whether they're artists, writers, producers that you kind of haven't worked with that yet that you're really looking or you're hoping to work with in the future? Yeah, so I would love to work with Jason Isbell on a, on a project. I'd love to write with him. He's just, he's so incredible. I would love to work with Chris Stapleton. I feel like um, the, like obviously his range is a lot crazier than mine, but we kind of sing up in that same high area and I feel like we could write some really cool songs together. Um, and then Luke Combs, I feel like anything Luke, puts his hand on like I mean the thing Prince to he's kind of got that Midas touch and so um and I feel I mean I've met him three or four times and he's such a nice guy uh and so I feel like he'd be somebody somebody really that I would enjoy having a good time yeah I, I can see that coming you know I can I can envision that collaboration at some point definitely yeah I hope so here we go let's put it out in the universe because I'm, I'm hoping for it it's out there and and the, you know you're so right as well with the Chris Stapleton, the similarities that would just be incredible. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, keep an eye out for it because, I mean, if it happens, I will let you know for sure. 
Oh, I'm there. Um, well, we're gonna. I, I know you're gonna perform for us um, as well, so I'll let you close the show, so to speak. Um, but it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much um, for delving into all the songs and the stories. Um, and I, I can't wait to, you know, hopefully hear you live, think, touch with someday soon, um, and of course hear some new music as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on. And um, if you're able to come over this way and hear a show or I'm able to come over there because I'm, I'm dying to get I've never been um, I've, of course I've been to the Dominican but I've never been I'm, Ireland is like my number one place I want to visit and England and a bunch of different places but we come over there you'll have to come out and hear us but um, this song is something we can slow dance to and it's uh, it's probably going to be our next single that we really promote um, look at, we're going to hopefully do a music video too for it but uh, this is called something we can slow dance to all the all-nighters are up the clock. They're at high and ready to run. Girls, night girls in the corner, boot taking lemon drop shots, choosing their own truth. Dive-ball rock stars got the Dance floors and ocean, a solo cup. I ain't feeling that feeling tonight. I'm busy drowning in your pretty brown eyes. We got a couple of stars and a neon mess. They're a pocket tongue car. Friday night, it's all we're missing. It's a sound of a good mile off the ground. Give us something we can slow dance to. 